podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am master life coach and mindfulness expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, 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 my pleasure seekers. How is everybody doing? I am doing so good because I'm finally talking to you. Uh, If you didn't notice, I wasn't there last week and I miss doing this. I miss doing this on the regular. I know there's so much going on, you know, with situations at home, those sorts of things. And it's no different with me. Like Having the kids at home, having my husband at home has really changed things up and yeah, just making some adjustments. But I have some peace and quiet. I have some time. I have my microphone and I'm just so excited to be here with you today and to talk about what we're going to be talking about might hear my dog in the background. He is snoring. Do you guys follow me on Instagram? (laughs) Because yesterday I shared some updated photos of Bruce. Bruce is almost five months old. We've had him for almost three months now. We got him when he was like, I guess about three months. So we got him when he was seven weeks and holy shit, he's so huge. (laughs) It's making me a little bit nervous for where we're going with this puppy because he definitely doesn't feel like a puppy anymore. He's got to be at least 50 pounds. He's like a brute. And we knew he was going to be big, but like I'm I'm even kind of surprised. Like he's heavy. He's big. He's not even five pounds. I'm like, what? what is this going to look like? Anyway, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you should just purely for the puppy pictures. So one thing before we jump into today's topic, which is so juicy and it's so good, is I want to share with you guys something that I have been working on for months. So it's been so hard not to share this in general, but now I get to. So I have been working for months and really it feels like I've been working on my whole life, but really for the last few months, actively working on a group coaching experience. And it is here. Yay. Um, It's called Better Sex in 90 Days. And women, this is seriously the most comprehensive, accessible program that you could ever get to help you better your sex life. So no matter where you're at, like if you're starting from a place where you're like, yeah, I can take it or leave it. If you're not having great sex, if you are having good sex, but you're like, what's next? Like this is the program. This is everything that I've talked about on the podcast, but like put into practical, workable, what exactly you need to do to get the better sex that we all want, right? That you're desiring and making that a part of who you are, a sexually pleasured woman. And I really wanted to distill it down because it's only a 90 day program. So I thought like, okay, how can I pull out the exact things that have been working for my clients? How can I distill those down into the most important pieces to help women really develop the mindset to be able to rewire their brain so that they can desire sex and then how can they turn into their bodies so that they can like wake up to all of that juicy, delicious, sexual, sensual, erotic pleasure that is there? And then how can they just start to put it into action right away in their life so that they can get the results that they're looking for? And the thing that I'm the most excited about this program 
number one, that it's going to help anybody that signs up for it. Duh. But the other reason I am selfishly excited is because I really, truly feel like something special happens when a group of women gather and allow themselves to talk about something openly and maybe in a place of vulnerability that has been off limits for so long. Women's pleasure is not something that's been discussed at this, you know, at this caliber, at this intellectual level, and at this level of like desire for something that we are all truly admitting that we want to go after. After. That in and of itself is unique. When I did my my retreat last year in Palm Springs, the Pleasure and Profit Retreat, that's one thing that I really witnessed was when women started just opening up and talking about it. One of the first things that happens is you realize you're not alone. It's not like oh, I you know I this is a me problem. This is something only that I'm dealing with, but you realize that there it's a collective. There's a lot of things, even if we have unique situations that perhaps, you know, your friend doesn't have or somebody in the group doesn't have, we can all relate to the thinking and the approach and how we're feeling about it. And what happens in that kind of setting is that that feeling like this is a me thing, there's something wrong with me, there's something broken, I feel alone immediately gets diminished. It's like by hearing somebody else get coached or witnessing somebody else get coached, you're like, I'm not alone. Like it's going to be okay. And we get to learn through other people. You get to learn how other people operate, right? You get to hear their take on something, which might like be the exact same thing that you needed to hear to have it click for you. Anyway, I could go on and on about the power of women gathering and talking about sex, the power of group coaching, which is really where I wanted to start moving my business because I believe in group coaching so much and the group coaching experience. And it's here and it's about sex and it's about pleasure and it's about all the good, juicy, like confidence and sensuality and the things that especially right now in the world we need more of. Empowered women, confident women, pleasured women, resilient women, courageous women. And that's everything that you're going to learn how to do by tapping into your sexuality, by tapping into that sensuality. And I show you exactly how, yes, the how to get there in this program. So check it out, daniellesavory.com slash group. Okay, enough talking about the program. Let's get on to the juicy goodness. So last week I did a masterclass called three simple steps to mind-blowing sex. And the reason that I wanted to really do this is because there's a lot of information out there. Even on this podcast, there's a lot of information. There's a lot of misinformation. And sometimes the thing that gets lost in translation is like, where do I even begin to start having better sex? Where do I even start to have more amazing and mind-blowing sex? And so I went through, you know, the last five years of my work, I went through everything that works, all of the results that I've been able to get with myself, uh, with my clients, the thousands and thousands of hours that I have coached on, you know, uh, women on this topic. And what does it really come down to? If I really had to break it down into three steps to share with you all, what would it be? And these are the three foundational steps. If you're not having the kind of sex that you want to be having, it all comes back down to one of these three things. You're either not doing one of these three things, 
you're not doing one of these three things enough, or you're not doing one of these three things correctly. So I'm going to break this up into three different podcasts. We're going to talk about step number one today, and then we'll talk about the other two steps in more detail in the preceding podcast episodes. It doesn't matter where you're starting from. You can always come back to these three steps. Even when I'm, you know, and I feel like I'm a pretty pleasured woman. That's why I'm here talking to you about this so I can help other women achieve the same. But I still come back to one of these three things. What am I not doing one of them? Am I not doing it enough? Am I doing it incorrectly? How can I be doing more of it? And so you can always come back no matter what level you're at to one of these three things. Now, the question that I got on the masterclass is, do we have to be perfect in all of these areas to be experiencing amazing sex? And the answer is no. That's why I love that this is a foundational thing. And the question you can always have is like, where am I wanting to kind of up level? Where am I wanting it to be better? Not that it is coming from a place that it has to be, but you can always come back to these three things. Do you have to do them all perfectly? Absolutely not. But is each one of these steps an opportunity for you to step more fully into this like self-concept of being a sexual being, of experiencing more pleasure, of experiencing more connection with yourself and your partner for sure. So no, you don't have to do them perfectly, but just know there's always an opportunity to grow in each and every step as you're going on this journey. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about them. And as I'm talking about these, I really invite you all as you're listening to notice any kind of narrative that comes up in your head, notice any kind of judgment of yourself about where you're at, where you're starting from, any kind of shoulds that are coming in like, oh, I need to, or oh, I should. And I want you just to take a deep breath. I want you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to be like, oh, okay, I can see this is an opportunity for me. It's not a should. I get to, I want to, I choose to. We don't want to approach any of this kind of work from a place of there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. You know, I'm missing something like you are just where you are for whatever reasons. This is exactly where you are and what a beautiful place to begin exactly where you're at. Okay. So without further ado, let's talk about the three steps. So the three steps to mind-blowing sex. Number one, have sex. Yep, that's it. (laughs) Have sex. It's important. You have to have sex if you want it to get better. We'll talk more in detail about exactly what I mean about this particular step. Obviously, it seems, you know, obvious, but so many women aren't. So let's talk about the reasons women aren't, the reasons that you can might be doing it incorrectly, and then how and why it's such an important step. The second step to mind-blowing sex is to get out of your head and into your body. That's something that we've addressed a lot on this podcast. But again, it's really important if you want to actually experience pleasure in your body, the sensations reside in your body. So learning how to focus your attention, bring your mind back to those sensations in the body are going to help you always up-level your sex life. And the third and final step is turn on your ons and turn off your off. 
layoffs. This is what I spend a lot of time working on with my clients. And sometimes it can be, I don't want to say the most confusing step, but where there's the most opportunity for growth. Uh, where is or Where are we blocking ourselves from pleasure? And how can we kind of increase that desire, increase that arousal? So we will talk about that as well in the following episodes. So let's go ahead and talk about step number one, having sex. <laughs> this is kind of a necessary action if we want it to be better, right? But there's so many of us that aren't doing it. So what are the main reasons that I see, you know, when clients come to me or if I'm just talking in a group, but like with a group of women that come up around not having sex. And one of the things that I think is one of the most uninvestigated or how I should say, maybe like the thing most people aren't aware of is fear. Now, I'm not talking about fear, like, you know, you're about to jump off a cliff kind of fear. It's not like that. But when I think about fear, I think about hesitation to proceed forward. Okay. That's really how I like to think about fear. It's creating some kind of hesitation. It's creating me to pull back a little bit instead of feeling eager to move forward. Now, why would people pull back a little bit on having sex? Well, sometimes if there's a learned experience that sex doesn't feel that good or perhaps that it hurts, then that's obvious, right? Of course, you're going to be hesitant because you're afraid of the outcome, right? You're afraid that it might hurt. You're afraid that it might not be good or that it will be blah. A lot of women that I'm talking to, especially as we're starting to figure out how to feel more confident, asking for what they want, and we're going through the step-by-step process to do that is just a fear of feeling awkward, having a fear of being embarrassed or having things just not work out like they planned, right? So this is just a normal human fear. But then sometimes that can keep you from actually doing the thing that you want to do, from saying the thing that you want to say to your partner, from maybe it's trying a different position, trying a different technique technique, something like that. You're afraid of being embarrassed or looking silly. Some women that I've even talked to in one of my clients, she was afraid of orgasming because of how she felt like she looked or sounded when she orgasmed. There's a lot of fear that is not just the obvious fear that can come up around sex. We have a lot of fear of you know, this shame or this embarrassment or this awkwardness. The other way that fear of the outcome might come up is if you're working on desiring sex more, if this is something that you're focusing on or becoming more eager and you want to initiate sex, the fear of rejection, right? That maybe your partner will turn you down. Now, rejection is a normal human emotion, but what do we make that mean, right? There's so many things that we can also make bad sex mean. Maybe not just the rejection, but bad sex in general, right? If I have bad sex, then what am I going to start thinking about myself? That I'm doing it wrong? That, you know, there's something wrong with my body? Am I going to be frustrated that I can't figure it out, right? These are the kind of like backlashes that can happen when we are trying to make a change for something. It's not just fear of how that might go, but it's what we would make it mean. Of course, if you're going to start having an internal critic that's going to beat you up about how you're having the sex or what it looks like or whether or not you're 
able to achieve your goal when it comes to, you know, pleasure and in the bedroom and you're afraid like what you're going to make that think, then of course you're not going to proceed forward. Right. And this is the one that so many people don't have an awareness around. They know that they don't really want to. And it's kind of a, I want to say like a, type of fear of failure, right? But what the failure means when it comes to sex can feel very heavy, especially when you think that there might be something wrong with your body. If you think that there might be something wrong with your marriage or your partnership or just your partner in general. Like if you try something new and you're not finding yourself attracted to your partner or they're not pleasing you how you would like, then the idea that you might have thoughts in your brain, like, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work? Those kind of thoughts feel so big and so heavy. It makes sense why you would hold yourself back from finding out, right? And this is one of the things that I work with so like, talk through and coach my clients through because we have to investigate these things. I actually have a lot of women that come to me and they're afraid that if they lean more into their sexuality and their sensuality, they'll find out that they actually really like women. This comes up a lot. Like, what am I going to find when I start doing this work? And the thing that I want you to keep in mind is these are all just fears. When you really start to investigate the truth and you get coached on the truth of the possible outcome, you realize it's not nearly as scary as your brain is making it out to mean. We have to remember that the brain always wants to keep us like with the familiar, right? It doesn't want to rock the boat. It doesn't really want you to change. It doesn't want your sex life to be better, which is kind of a bummer brain because you're, it's mind blowing when you have mind blowing sex, literally. And so we just have to acknowledge, like, of course, your brain is going to come up with all the fears, all the doubts, all the things that might happen as a result of you doing this work. And you can just put your hand on your heart and go like, oh, of course, this is scary, baby girl. I've never done this, but I trust that what's happening and what's waiting for me on the other end is totally worth it. I believe in that woman I'm leaning more into, and I can't wait to discover more of who she is. We can acknowledge the fear. We can see the fear and not let it keep us stuck where we're at. Okay. So what's another reason that women aren't having sex? (laughs) One of the reasons is because it is, they're not as committed to it as they think that they are. And what I mean by that is they're not committed to the outcome. A lot of times we don't do something because in our mind, we've let it become optional. And what I mean by this is like, we have like come up with all of the reasons, like, I, you know, like I didn't shave my legs or, you know, if I, if I've had too much to eat, you know, I just don't really feel like it. Or if my partner hasn't, you know, show me appreciation or gratitude or done something nice for me, then sex becomes optional. We haven't truly committed to making this a part of our lives. And that's a huge part of having sex. We do the things that we have created importance around and priority around. So if you do want to actually change your sex life, if you do actually want to make it better, you have to come back to your commitment. Am I truly committed to having better sex? Where am I allowing this to be optional? 
The other reason that we allow this to be so optional is because we are thinking about it like, I have to be in the mood, right? I need to feel loved. I need to feel appreciated. I need to feel sexy. I need to feel, insert whatever thing that you're thinking right now, in order to have sex, right? This is a huge place that we allow it to be optional, only if I'm feeling this thing. Now, the fact of the matter is, is you feeling your perfect emotion for having sex and having that lining up with your partner and lining up with all the other circumstances in your life, you're probably only going to have sex a couple times a year. Let's just be real about it, right? It's probably on vacation and nobody's taking vacations right now because we're quarantined. (laughs) So we need to realize that by doing that, by waiting for us to feel a certain way, really what you're doing is you're giving your power away to something outside of you. If you want to take the power back, you have to realize that you're the one that creates the way that you think and feel right? By whatever it is happening in your brain, that's where the way your mood comes from. That's where your feelings come from. And that's in your control. If you're waiting for your partner to do something that makes you feel a certain way, then you're handing all of your power over to your partner. If you're waiting for your work or your business to not be stressful so that you can have sex, you're handing all of your power over to your business or to your boss or to your coworkers. Women, your coworkers should not be in charge of your sex life, okay? <laughs> this is your pleasure. This is your delicious, juicy, sensual self that you get to turn into. And this is the thing that I work on so much with clients is coaching them and teaching them step-by-step how it is they can create the exact mood and the exact feeling that they're desiring if that is uh, something that needs to happen before they have sex right? We can take our power back. We can realize that our mindset, our thoughts, all of those sentences going on in our brain is going to create a particular mood in our body, a particular feeling. And there's going to be particular feelings and sensations that are going to open you more up to pleasure, that are going to allow you to lean more into desire, to allow arousal to come on right? So this is another, this is like the main reason (laughs) so many people aren't having sex because they're waiting around for things, their feelings to happen to them, thinking that it's completely outside of their control. Okay. And now, so we talked about one of the reasons they're not having sex. The other thing that I said is maybe you're having sex the wrong way. And I don't mean like actual positions of how you're having sex the wrong way. But one of the reasons that we're not having mind-blowing sex is because of the way that we are approaching the having of the sex. And I've talked about this a lot as the obligation and the feeling like we should or we need to. Now, the obligation, the needs, and the shoulds on our sex life can be come from a whole different, you know, slew of sources. Now, most of the women that listen to this podcast are 
open-minded, progressive women. They're not really most of you guys out there, you know, might not actively be thinking that you have to do this, you know, for your husband or your partner. But you have to realize that this message that it's our wifely duty has been passed down, you know, from to us from our mothers, from their mothers, from great grandmothers, mother. You know, this is this is a generational thing. That this is something that we should do, that we should concede to, has been spoon fed to us through every single generation, every single you know organized religion out there. Most of the media is saying the same thing. So even if you don't think that you're actively thinking something like that, I guarantee there's still some kind of whisper in the background that does believe that. And that's okay. We can work on that. But when we feel like we have to, or we should, even if the should is like, you know what? I really should have sex because I want to be a wild woman, right? I want to find freedom in my body. Even if you're shooting on yourself from a place of listening to me, and you're like, Danielle says, this could be amazing. This is such a place of growth. This is such amazing. It's still a should right? It's still a coming from a place of like, I need to do this to be better than I am right now. So when we're approaching sex, the thing that I want you to remember, it doesn't have to be a should, and it can actually be a want. The reason that you've even tuned into this podcast is because part of you truly does want to have better sex. You want to learn more about how to access pleasure in your body. You want to want it again. You want to feel that desire and that passion and that magnetism in your body. You want to feel that confidence and that sensuality. But in the moment, we forget that we want it. We have two competing wants in the brain. And this happens in so many different situations. We have the want of the immediate kind of urgent brain that's like, yeah, I actually want to read this book or I want to stay in my sweatpants. Like I don't really want to take the effort to get undressed and have sex and then clean up afterwards or something like that, right? I want to stay cozy. I want to work on my business instead of having a self-pleasure session, right? There's these wants, but what you're forgetting in that moment is that you also have a bigger want that desires the kind of woman that you're becoming. You're forgetting that there is a bigger want, an umbrella want is how I like to think of it, of where you want to create more in your life, right? I want this for the connection I'm going to feel with myself. I want this for the connection I'm going to feel with my partner. I want this because I just want to feel alive in my body. I want to feel lit up. I want to, you know, learn more about what pleasure means. I want to lean more into my potential to experience pleasure. I want to access that part of creativity in my body. These are all the wants that in the moment of deciding whether or not to have sex, you're forgetting. So anytime you find yourself in a place where you're like, I really don't want to, you just need to remind yourself that's just one train of thought you're having in that moment. There's a whole other 
pack of reasons on the other side of the things that you do want, the woman that you want to become. And let that voice be louder. Let that voice lead you into having sex. So I was talking with one of my clients a couple weeks ago, and she is a marathon runner. So And she didn't used to be a marathon runner. (laughs) She actually didn't used to run at all. And so she had to learn how to run. And then she had to learn how to run really long distances. And she actually qualified for the Boston Marathon, which is a really big deal because... I mean, I'm not super familiar with the <laughs> the running world, but I've been told the Boston Marathon is like the creme de la creme of, of marathons, right? So I asked her, I said, okay, so in the morning when you woke up, did you always want to put your running shoes on when it was dark and it was cold and you were cozy in your bed lying next to your husband and go for a run? She was like, no, absolutely not. And I said, well, then how did you do it? She was like, because I committed to it. I wanted the result more than she wanted to stay cozy. And it becomes the same thing when we think about sex. We just think for some reason that sex should be different. But what if it wasn't? What if it was really about reminding yourself that you do want the bigger result of becoming a sexually pleasured woman? And that this is the necessary action to take, just like for my client, right? The necessary action to take for her to be able to run a marathon was to get up in the morning and go learn how to run a mile and then go learn how to run two miles, (laughs) three miles, right? And that leads me to my next point. Why is this one of the top three steps of having mind-blowing sex, The reason is, is because if this is something that you want, practice is really important. We have to realize that not every single session of sex is supposed to be mind-blowing and amazing and just knock your socks off. But in order to experience that, you might have to have sex a few more times than you think you need to, right? You have to practice being in your body. You have to practice dropping out of your head and tuning into sensation. You have to practice learning how to create arousal, practice how desire, practice, you know, turning on the ons and turning off the offs. I would never get handed a tennis ball and a tennis racket and expect to be Serena motherfucking Williams if I only got out on the court once or twice a month. Okay. (laughs) Just because sex is something that is part of humans and it's the way that we procreate does not mean that having pleasurable sex is just something that is innately in you. This is something that you create and you create it by doing it and learning it and taking note of what's working and what's not working and how can I switch it and how can I, you know, tweak it just a little bit to make it that much better next time. So practice makes pleasure. You have to have sex in order to get better at having sex. And the other reason that this is such an important step is because when you start having sex, you are acting from a place 
of what you're trying to create in the future, right? I always like to think about my future self and what does she do? How does she act? What are things that she's doing? If your future self is somebody that is a sexual being, then she has sex. So you having sex, you starting to take that action now allows you to start leaning in to your concept of yourself, your self-concept of being a sexual woman. So many clients that come to me don't identify with their sexuality. They don't identify with being a sexual woman. They don't identify with being a confident sexual woman. When you start having sex, it's just who you are. You get to become her so much quicker because you're taking actions like a woman who really loves sex. Okay, so this is the first step. Have sex. We talked about some of the reasons that we're not having sex. We talked about some of the reasons that you might be having sex and you might be like, yeah, Danielle, I am having sex, but it's for the wrong reasons. And then why this step is so important. And then the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about getting out of your head. And then the third one, we're going to be talking more in detail about what it means to turn on your ons and turn on your offs. I promise you, these are the three most simplistic and foundational steps to you having an amazing sex life. These are the things that I cover in the new group program. I've broken it up into five modules and I take you specifically exactly how to do these step-by-step process about how to start rewiring your brain, how to lean more into your body, and exactly how to identify your unique turn-ons and turn-offs so that you can truly step into that sexually pleasured and empowered woman. Don't forget to check out that group. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's been my absolute pleasure to come back with you guys, come back and talk to you about the three most simple steps to mind-blowing sex. And I can't wait for next week. Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Bye.